that you're faithful to show up in the midst of those that love you and are called by your name. And God, I ask for nothing less than your spirit to move as we minister tonight to equip, to challenge, to change our lives. God, I ask that in this atmosphere that we would have ears to hear, hearts to receive what you would have for us. And we love you and we praise you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. The church says, Amen. Amen. If we will tonight, we're going to be in two different places. But if you will tonight, turn with me to Luke chapter 9. We're going to be beginning in the first verse there. Luke chapter 9. We're also going to read one verse in Matthew chapter 5. This is a message the Lord has laid on my heart. And it is a, a very, very much so an evangelistic message because we're in a time that I believe is, and, and I, I would say Pastor would agree with this statement, we're at a time in this nation and in the world that there's never been, a, to me, a greater opportunity for the church to win the lost than right now. And we have been commissioned. We know of the great commission that we are to go to all nations and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to preach the kingdom. And I know that we're in a season where I believe God wants to do signs. I believe God wants to do wonders. But God also wants the church to be provision or provision to this world that is lost and dying. You see, God and His omnipotence and His, 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 all of His power... He is able to do anything, and he, there's nothing that is impossible to Him, but we find through Scripture again and again that God chooses to use young men, young women, and, and, and people of all ages, really, to bring forth this, this, this will that He has to witness and to, to provide for the people of, of the world. And we find that through all of Scripture that God would place His anointing and His Spirit upon certain individuals to do tasks and, and to perform, yes, signs and wonders, but to offer provision, to offer substance, to offer uh, food to the hungry, to offer, uh, to quench the thirst of those that are thirsty spiritually. And that is all throughout Scripture, and we're at a time where that cannot change. So I'm going to read to you really quickly, we're going to get into a bunch of verses here, but I just really want to preach to you tonight on provision. Provision. And I'm, I'm not talking about what, uh, what some may think as provision as food or substance, but I'm talking spiritual provision. I'm talking about something that will keep you. Provision it can be simply defined as a measurement that has been taken beforehand to deal with a need. 
that there has been something that has been stockpiled, if you will, to provide in serious times, to provide substance, to provide life. And we find here in Luke chapter 9, I want to read uh, some verses here to you tonight. It says in verse 1, Then he called his twelve disciples together and he gave them power. Turn to your neighbor and say power and authority. Turn to your neighbor and say authority. If you don't have a neighbor, just say authority. Power and authority over devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, Take nothing for your journey, neither staves nor script, neither uh, bread, neither money, neither have two coats or tunics apiece, and whatsoever how she enter into there abide, and thence depart. And whosoever will not receive you, when you go out of that city, shake off the, the, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them, And they departed, and they went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. We're going to skip down to verse 10. And the apostles, and the apostles, when they were returned, told him, this is them coming back to Jesus, told him of all they had done. And he took them and went aside privately into a desert place belonging to the city of Bethsaida. And the people when they knew it, followed him, talking about the multitude, and he received them and spake unto them the kingdom of God and healed them that had need of healing. And when the day had begun to wear away, then came the twelve and said unto him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the towns and the country round about and lodge and get victuals, or what we would just simply call food. Or provision, for we are here in a desert place. And he said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they said, We have no more but five loaves and two fishes, except we should go and buy meat for all these people. For there were about five thousand men. And he said to the disciples, Make them sit down by fifties in a company. And they did so. And he made them, and, and they did so, and made them all sit down. And he took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed them, and brake and gave to his disciples to set before the multitude. And they did eat, and were all, say all, all filled. They were all filled, and there was taken up fragments that remained to them twelve baskets. Many of you may know this story as the feeding of the 5,000, but I want you to notice something in the first six verses we read tonight, excuse me, that Jesus called his disciples to them, to him, and he, he gave them power and authority. He gave them power and in authority over every devil in hell and to heal manners of sickness and disease. He gave them power and authority. 
But I want to point out something to you tonight. I know I know, I read a decent amount, but power and authority. He gave them power and authority. Now, when you read verse 13, he said, But he said unto them, and this is when they're trying to send everyone away because they're in a desert place, a wilderness place, a desolate place. In verse 13, he said unto them, Give ye them to eat. I, I want Landon to pull up the New American Standard uh, translation for me. And he said unto them, You give them something to eat. So what does that have to do with power and authority? What does this have to do with the time that we're living in? He said, you give them something to eat. That's not a question. It's a statement. You give them something to eat. Period. Because we find ourselves in a time where I believe God wants to do signs. I believe God wants to do wonders. And these disciples, in the verses previous to this verse, they had done signs. They have done wonders. But what Jesus was asking them, really he was telling them, you must feed them. You are the provision. I've just given you power, and this is how the Lord began to lay it on my heart, is I've given you power and authority. You're the provision. So many people look at this story, and they talk about the five loaves and, and the two fishes. They were not the provision. Jesus provided for them, but Jesus had just given His disciples power and authority, and He said, you give them something to eat. You said, what does that have to do with anything tonight, Pastor Jade? Because I want you to know that people can be healed and walk away from the presence of God. People can be set free from demonic possession and walk away from the presence of God. But you want to know what will keep people is when they are fed the living Word of God. We are the provision. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 5, in, in, verse, uh, in, in verse 13, Ye are the salt uh, of the earth. Uh, but if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore uh, good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are to be salt. What is salt? Salt is a preservative. That's how they used to preserve meat. They would rub it down with salt. He said, you are the flavor. You are the, you're the provision for this world. You are the only Bible that your co-worker may ever read. You are the only Jesus that they may ever see. Jesus appeared to the disciples all but Thomas. And Thomas said, if I don't touch him, if I don't feel him, Jesus shows up. He says, touch me. Touch the scars. And he said to Thomas, he said, blessed are those that believe and will never see. What he was saying is there is a time where they won't see Jesus. They won't touch Jesus in the flesh, but they will see you. Blessed are those that are the provision. Blessed are those that present Christ. Blessed are those that are the salt. Blessed are those that will give them something to eat. Blessed are those not only that will heal them and lay hands on them, not only those that will walk through fire with them, but blessed is the church. Blessed are those that will be He says, you are to be the provision. And you'll find here 
in this, in this portion of Scripture that I read to you tonight, you will find that, that Jesus has brought them to the wilderness of Bethsaida. The wilderness, they were in a barren, desolate place. I want you to know that spiritually, we, we, we've talked for months and months, but spiritually, you could say that uh, our nation here, our nation here has been in a very spiritual, dry and desolate place. It's been in a very lonely, and, and really that word can be translated to empty. It's an empty place. You say, why do you say that tonight, Pastor Jay? Why do you say that, that, that spiritually it's become an empty place? Because we got people that will come into the church house and they'll raise their hands and they'll praise God. But then they'll go out of these house. They'll go out of church houses across this nation and open a bottle of Oxycontin and dope up all week long just to make it through. We got people that will walk into the church house and they'll say hallelujah. They'll say amen. They'll dance you a jig. But they'll go outside these walls and they'll be consumed by fear all week long. They'll be swept up by anxiety. They have no peace. They have no joy. When situations come, they found that they find themselves wavering in their faith. They find themselves afflicted they find themselves not holding on to anything or having anything to hold on to but I want you to know that Jesus before all this the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 4 that Jesus found himself in the wilderness and let me tell you the devil was there and he wasn't casting him out he wasn't laying hands on the sick it was just Jesus and the devil alone and what he would say is the word my provision is the word my provision is life my provision is the word of God and I want you to know the reason why I'm standing here today is because my mother and my father put the word of God in me even when I was rebellious even when I ran even when I ran from the call of God on my life I could still hear my mama quoting Psalms 91 in my ear I could still hear Psalms 23 in my ear I could still hear Psalm 63 in my ear. Why? Because though I left, though I was absent, there was a hunger in my life that could not be satisfied by the ways of this world. That could not be satisfied by hearing my name on a Friday night on a loudspeaker. There was something in my heart that would not be satisfied by everything. All these relationships and all these friendships that I would have, nothing could satisfy me. But when I got a hold of the word of of God that my mother had placed on the inside of me, something began to change. Why? Because I got something that would keep me. I got the provision of the Holy Ghost. I got something that was more than just a dance. I got something that was more than just a jig. I got something that was more than just getting my hands laid on. Someone talking in tongues over me. I got a hold of something that was alive. I got a hold of something that was going to keep Jesus said, you're the provision. You feed them something. You feed them something. I want to point out to you tonight, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 15, the story of the prodigal son. He ran away from his father's house. He took his inheritance, Brother Warren, and he ran from his father's house. He's living it up. But you'll find in that story, a famine came. 
The drought came. The wilderness came. The desolate, the empty place came. And he found himself, he said, I have nothing. And he sold himself pretty much into a form of slavery and he began to feed the hogs. Began to eat what the hogs ate. He said, what's revelatory in that? Is what, as he was sitting there eating what the hogs ate, he began, the Bible says he came to his senses. He came to himself, Brother Wade. And what, what he began to think about, the Bible tells us in Luke 15 and 17, what he began to think about, Pastor, was in my father's house. There is bread. His servants have more bread than I do. You say, what, what, where are you going with this, Pastor Jay? What he was saying is, in my father's house, uh, there, there, there's a hunger that I, I have in myself uh, that will be met. In my father's house, uh, in the church house, uh, and, 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 and the place uh, where I'm walking with Jesus, there is provision for me. What got him to think about home was his hunger. And I will tell you right now that there's a world outside these walls that is hungry for something different. Hungry for something authentic. And, and, and I, I will tell you just as has been preached for, for months and months and, and over a year now from this platform. The church has offered them programs. The church has offered them policies. The church has offered them legalism. The church has offered them entertainment. The church has offered them, well, we'll get you in and we'll get you out quick. The church has offered them a schedule. The church has offered them therapy and philosophical treatment. And They've offered them all kinds of things. I will tell you this. There is no better treatment than the word of God, than the blood of Jesus, than the power of the Holy Ghost. There is no better treatment that we can give this world than to feed them the word of God, to give them Jesus. Why? Because he was the word made flesh and he dwelt among us. There is no better provision we can give this world than the living word of God. Can you feed feed them can you feed them is the question the Lord began to ask me it's one thing to cast demons out the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 11 that you can cast a demon out of a man and that demon will go to, to high and low places and desolate places and it will come back and it will find a cleaned up house uh, but it can still possess the man and he would be worse off than he was in the beginning why, why, why am I telling you that tonight? Because you can hear, you, you, you can be delivered, but put yourself right back into bondage. There are people that can be healed and walk away. There are people that can see the manifestation of God's power and presence and they can still complain and they can still say, God, this is not enough. This is not what I want. Prime example, Jesus tells them in Mark, in, in, uh, sorry, not Mark, but in John chapter 6, uh, he says, your fathers ate of manna in the wilderness and they died. But if you eat of me, the bread of life, uh, you will live forever. 
forever you will have everlasting life. What was he saying? Is your fathers had the manifestation. They saw something miraculous. They saw something that was just unforeseen before that time. And they still died because they would not partake of the promise. They would not partake of the word of God. The promise was a promised land. And it came through the mouth of Moses to them. They said there's something better. He began to tell the people there's a land flowing with milk and honey. There's a land promised to your fathers. That was the word of God. And a whole generation saw his glory, saw the manifestation of his presence, and still didn't walk in it. But two, but Caleb and Joshua walked into the promised land. Why? Because they partook of the provision. They partook of the word of God. And they said, I'm going all the way with this thing. When a whole generation was swept away, a remnant of two men remained faithful. Why? Because they were fed. They feasted on the word of God. You see, we're in a world, listen, I, 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 can't, I, I can't emphasize enough. We're in a world that tells these young people right here, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to look like this, you've got to post like that. Yeah, I mean, you can't do that. You gotta. Where's your hashtags? Where's your filter? I mean, there's all these little unforeseen demands that are placed on these young people. This culture is closing in on them and makes them feel that they have to do one thing and they have to do another and they, they have to present themselves in one way and they have to present themselves in another. And, and listen, I will tell you, a good shout-down service won't deliver them, but when you place the Word of God in I remember my mother coming to me. I was going into high school. She sat me down and she said, listen, going to high school now, and I know you know everything, but I raised you right. I remember her telling me that I raised you right, and I'm not going to be with you all the time. I may have raised you right, but I can't make you live right, is what she was saying to me. And my eyes aren't going to be on you all the time, even though I felt like they were. So my eyes aren't going to be on you all the time. She said, but I know what God has put in me to put in you will not come out of you. I remember her telling me plain as day, I can't keep my eye on you, but I've put the word of God in you. And I know it will keep you. I know it will keep you. And I will tell you, like I told you earlier tonight, I would not be in the house of the Lord. I would not be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ if it had not been for the word of God that would come to me. All the chapters, I remember standing there with my brother. My dad would evangelize and we had to quote an entire chapter before he'd get up and preach. And she would say, you got to say every verse 32 times. If you say it 32 times, you'll remember it and you'll never forget. And we would sit there and we would just, I mean, oh my Lord, we would just argue back and forth because I didn't want to do it and, and she wanted me to do it. And you say, what, 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 okay, that happens. But what I want you to get is, and what I want you to realize is there was something that she was putting into me that my soul was going to grab a hold of and say, this will preserve you. And Jesus was telling his disciples, I've given you the power. I've given you the authority. 
Listen, I believe wholeheartedly that we will see signs. We will see wonders. I believe that, that there is going to be just miraculous deliverance going to take place in 2021. I believe that God is going to do great and mighty things, but it will all be for naught in 2022 if we didn't root it in the Word of God. If we did not become the provision. Jesus said, you're salt. You're the salt. You are the provision for this world. They'll come to the music tonight. I'm not going to preach much longer. The Bible tells us that after Jesus told them in John chapter 6 that your fathers ate manna and they still died and I'm the bread of life. He went on in verse 63 and he said, What I'm speaking to you is spirit. What I'm speaking to you is spirit. And it'll never, it'll never fade. What he was saying is, I'm speaking to you provision. Why does the Bible tell us in Isaiah 40 that the grass withered, flowers fade? But His Word, what? Lasts forever. We do communion. We say that wafer, that, that bread represents what? His body. Again, in John chapter 6, he said, eat of my flesh because I'm the word made flesh. Why was he saying that? It's because he was saying, I'm the provision. But when Jesus ascended into heaven and he gave us the great commission, what he was telling us is now you are the provision. Nothing profound tonight. But I just want you to understand that even when I'm at work and I may be having a bad day, I still have to remember I'm the provision. When, I'm, when life, just come, life comes at us all in many different ways, I have to remember I'm the provision. Young people, when you're in school, and everybody else is talking one way and everybody else is living one way and everybody else is saying this or doing that, you have to remember, I'm the provision. You know, we, we've all been given many compliments over our, our lifetimes. I... If you've dated at all, it's full of compliments. You're beautiful. You're amazing. Love your eyes. Love everything about you. You know, life's full of compliments. You want to know one of the greatest compliments I've ever been given was by someone I don't even know. I don't even know their name. I was on a school trip, Washington, D.C., senior high school. I was involved in an organization that took us all over the country and 
young girl come up to me up here and she said, you're a Christian, aren't you? I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, I want to say thank you. I said, for what? And she began to tell me, Sister Mary, she said, because you lived it in front of me and you didn't force it down my throat. And, 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 and all she was saying is you were provision. You didn't scream it from the rooftops. You were just provision. And there's many of you, I, I tell our young people all the time, someone out there needs you. That family member that's lost needs you. That person that you sit with at your lunch table needs you. Why? They need you to be the provision. In a dry and desolate time that we're living in, the disciples looked at Jesus, send them away. We can't feed them. There's been many churches in America that have said, send them away. We can't feed them. We've tried to rehabilitate the drug addict, but we just, our programs didn't work. Send them away. Let them find that what they were saying, pastors, let them find food somewhere else. Let them find peace somewhere else. Let them find joy somewhere else. Yes, you've given us power, God. Yes, you've given us authority. But let them find deliverance somewhere else. Let them find a strong tower somewhere else. Let them find a sure foundation. Let them find it somewhere else. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. You be the provision. You be the light in a dark place. You be the salt of the earth. The prodigal son... Yes, his memory was jogged by the food at his father's house. But when he returned home, his father gave him a robe, gave him a ring. He put sandals on his feet. But then you know what else he did for him, Brother Chris? As he said, I'm going to feed you. Verse 23 said, go kill the fatted calf. I'm going to feed my son. Jesus if you'll stand with me across the house tonight. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's appearing to His disciples. We find them fishing on the Sea of Galilee. And they see there's a campfire on the shore. They realize it's Jesus. And they get to the shore and Jesus has prepared a meal for them. But not only did he prepare a meal for them, he, he begins to talk to Peter in John chapter 21 and he says, Peter, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, I love you. 
He didn't say, heal them. He didn't say, deliver them. He didn't say to build a program for them or a policy for them. He said, feed my sheep. Feed them. Jesus would ask him again, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes, of course I love you. He said, feed my lambs. And then again, Jesus would ask him, Peter, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know I love you. He said, feed my lambs. Why? Because I don't know if you've ever noticed with a stray cat, if you feed it one time, it'll come back. Sierra fed me one time. And I keep coming back. Why? Because the hunger inside of me, it draws me back. And yes, many of you may have prodigals in this house. You may have nieces, nephews, sons, daughters, uh, grandsons, uh, granddaughters. You may have all kinds of family members and friends uh, that are prodigals and they're lost right now. But never forget what jogged his memory was the food in his father's house. He said, I want the food of my father's house. There's times I, I just look at my wife and I say, guess what? I'm going to Camden. Mamma's making me biscuits and gravy. I'm gone. Why? Because when I think about it, I, I just, I got to have it. And it was the same thing for the prodigal son. He thought of the food in his father's house. Jesus said, can, can, Jesus asked me, can you feed them? He told his disciples, feed them something. So church, I want to ask you tonight, as we come to these altars and we're about to pray, it's one thing to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. That's awesome. And it's one thing to see demons flee. It's one thing to have power and authority. But Jesus said, we've got to feed them. We've got to be salt. We've got to be light. And if you're here tonight and you have a wayward son or daughter, remember. Remember that there's going to come a day and I believe this wholeheartedly. Our pastor said this from this platform. There's going to be a day that they're going to remember. Mama and daddy had something real. Mom and daddy had something real. And they'll long. As I did as a young man, I began to long for what my mother, my father had. See, it was not David's sling. That was the provision for Israel. It was the anointing that God had placed on his life. That's what delivered them. And you may say, you may say tonight, I have nothing to offer. Just as the disciples said, we have nothing but 
Moses said, all I have is a staff. David said, all I have is a sling. And God said, that's enough. I can use that. He said, Moses, that staff is going to be provision because when you're going to come to a place where there seems to be no way, you're going to raise that staff up and waters are going to part. You're going to be, I'm going to use you to be the provision. David, your sling is going to bring provision. Give him what you have. He doesn't call the equipped, he equips the call. Saul left Samuel when his first time he met him one way. But when he came back to Samuel, he was another way because the Spirit of the Lord had come upon him. The anointing had already been placed on his head. Saul didn't feel any different, but on his way, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and it changed his life. Church, let us be provision. Let us be used of God. Again, nothing profound tonight. Nothing life-altering unless you lay your life down. So I'm going to ask you to come tonight. Come to these altars. Find yourselves a place to pray. If you're here tonight and you say, I want provision. I've looked for provision other places and other avenues. I've looked to addictions. I've looked to a bottle. I've looked to, to cigarettes. I've looked to, 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 to drugs or whatever it be. Whatever that thing is that you feel that you have to have. Listen, Jesus, Jesus says, I can be the provision for that. If you're here tonight, come. Come. Young people, come. Make us salt. Let us have flavor. Let us be the provision that God is calling us to be. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey everybody, Pastor Ron, I pray that today's message and program has been just a great blessing to you. And I just, uh, I'm so thankful that we had the privilege to come into your home today or wherever you may be watching. I would encourage you to, uh, continue to follow us. We're on all of the major social media platforms. Uh, we have podcasts that you can follow us with. I would encourage you to reach out to us and let us know. Our information's on the screen. And uh, if we've been a blessing to you, please contact us. Let us know. And we look forward to sharing the word of the Lord with you again uh, next time. God bless you. We'll see you soon.